Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Manchester United podcast, Never Ignored. I'm joined by Imti. Yep. And today we'll be covering our post-match thoughts on Manchester United versus Tottenham, uh, Manchester United versus Sheffield United, and then we'll spend some time previewing the games against Norwich in the FA Cup and Brighton and Hove Albion. So, first things first, Manchester United versus Spurs, a one-all draw uh, at the uh, New Spurs Stadium. Empty. What were your thoughts? Yeah, um, I thought we actually we played okay. Uh, we had most of the ball, I thought, and we created most of the chances. We definitely should have done better with the <laughs> with the goal. Um, definitely a bit of rustiness in defence, and yeah, I think De Gea probably should have saved so it. Let's, yeah, let's, let's talk, the talk about things, that. What, what 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 are your opinions on it? How do you think? Um, who who's to blame? I mean, he did hit it straight. He hit it straight at him. Um, he hit, he did he connected re- reasonably well, but it was you know so save for you expect someone like De Gea to make for it. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, I think yeah after Sheffield we've kept ten clean sheets in the last thirteen games. Yeah, there's only three goals conceded in that time. So for, so for me, yeah, I agree. Yeah. He he should save it. Um, there's yeah he should because it isn't a shot that's away from him. Uh, I could see. Uh, I, I think he had a lot to do because of where uh, Bergwijn's hit it at him. It's, it's come so close to his kind of... It's that horrible area that goalkeepers hate having shots and it's between the shoulder and the neck um, because he yeah. just can't bend your elbow quick enough up there. But um, yeah, Bergwijn's hit it well. Bergwijn's credit to him as well. He's he's hit it in a way that n- normally as a keeper, you can kind of read if they're going to put it in on the left or right of you. But he's gone for the approach. And I've noticed actually, I think... Well, I think he scored three goals and all three of them have been the same. He doesn't pick a corner like some well, most strikers will do. He just hits it towards the goal um, and, and it can go anywhere. It can go at the keeper. It can go low, left, low, right. But he does truly just hit it as hard as he can, which you know, is an approach that seems to work from from that distance. And yeah, I think... The- <laughs> it's worth work, work, working for now, I guess, but yeah, I, don't know how, I don't know how much beneficial that is. Exactly, yeah. And, and then, yeah, he leaves the hair with, a, I think, a small chance of saving it. Uh, yeah, but yeah, credit to him, it's gone in. Um, I think um, Maguire and Shaw really let... Um, the hair down with with the defending in that goal. Uh, Maguire's Maguire's taken a risk and he's he's assumed that Bergwijn's going to take it down the wing, which he doesn't. He brings it straight through the centre. And Shaw's uh, clearance initially was quite poor. That that header, uh, it just if you're going to head out, yeah, and then he was out of position as well. Yeah, he was out of position for for most yeah, of that first half, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I noticed it a bit in the Sheffield game as well. He was he was out of position a lot, but. Um... I don't know. It's early days. I think, I don't know, I'm, I'm more willing to forgive those mistakes on the pitch like that because it just seemed like a bit of rustiness rather than... Yeah, so it was that first game back um, after a long time. So were you happy with the result? Yeah. I mean, yeah, when you put it in, if you, if you, if we drew that and then we lost to Sheffield or drew to Sheffield, um, then I'd have been disappointed. But four points out of those two games, it's not too bad. Yeah. Considering everyone's everyone's league positions and and how soon you know his first two games back. So when I was um when um, I was watching that game, one of the things I think I observed was first of all, Lloris had a really good game, which was annoying because yeah, it was unbelievable, right? He's I'm wondering for him whether maybe without the fans, he is just is a bit everything's a bit yeah, easier. Yeah, no, I you um, know it's a good point. I think he might be one of those players because the fans do get on his back because he sometimes people say oh he's just yeah. And he had, you know, he had those off the field issues at one point as well. He's, he gets a lot of stick, so maybe, maybe he's gonna, he's benefiting from not having because he's always been a good goalkeeper. He's just he's had a lot of mistakes in him, but he was very, very good against us. Yeah, he was really good. I, I was certain he was going to save the penalty because he was he had 
such a good yeah, it, it felt it felt like it felt like that kind yeah. of moment, right? um and i think yeah. Mar- marshall that he kind of also made Loris's job slightly easier when he kept taking too long on the ball within the box he was taking too many touches and i was saying um to you yeah. that he just I mean that that second chance I thought was a good save, but before that he's had a couple where he probably should yeah have he he was just lacking that that clinicalness which obviously we'll come on to because he obviously goes on and does the complete opposite yeah that's the thing it's kind of hard it's kind of hard criticizing yeah. him when <laughs> when when he's gone and scored a hat trick yesterday what did you think um, of um, it kind of makes us sound what did you think of Daniel James in that game against Spurs um I think it, it was kind of the kind of performance he was giving towards the end of uh, the well, I keep calling it last season, but <laughs> but we'll call it last season for now. <laughs> the the end of the previous whatever we call it. Um, he just looks a bit burnt out still. Um, I know we've had a long time out, but um, it, it's been a good first season for him. But I think yeah, at the moment, I'm not sure if I'd yeah. Start. I think personally, if, if I if I was the manager, I, w- I would bring him on in the last 10, 15, 20 minutes because I can't. Yeah, where can you just especially pace, yeah. like the current climate? You know, the the weather's getting warmer within England, and uh, defenders are getting more 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 tired. And obviously, you factor in that they're coming back from a what is essentially a preseason type break. Uh, bringing on a player with that much yep. pace would be, I reckon, frightening for a fullback. Um, I, I still think he needs to in, improve his his crossing and his final decision, whether that be a cross or a shot or you know a dribble past the guy. I think he he did this too much with that. But yeah, in terms of his physical ability and the pace, it is really good. He just needs to work on, I think, getting that as a strength and and adding that to. Yeah, and he, I mean, he's young. He's young, and I don't, I don't think he was ever going to be signed to be the main main right winger. He's, he's always going to be a squad depth option and, and someone you can bring off the bench. And I think I think he's got a good future at that. And yeah, he's. I think he's even. I mean, he's still got. He's got. He's only scored three, four goals, but he's got quite a lot of assists as well. He's. He does. He does a good job, especially. Again, I think that City game. He, he really shone. Where, you know, if you're breaking on, I think this kind of game didn't suit him because we had the ball a lot. Um, we control. We controlled mm-hmm. the game, so maybe his pace isn't as useful in that situation. But when we had games where we just sat and like a City game, and break quickly. Those are the ones that are going to suit him more. What did you make of um, um, Pogba starting on the bench? I think it's uh, it's only not, I think it's the right decision because um, I mean, and obviously everyone's not played for three three four months, or whatever. But Pogba had barely played for three four months yeah. before that. Um, so basically, in the last calendar year, because what I mean, June now, right? So a year ago, this time would have been end of, at the end of the season. Um, he would have played what three four games. If that's maybe including preseason, um, and in like a whole calendar year, <laughs> that's a long time to not play many games. Um, I think- so we got a lot of games coming up. It's, I didn't, I wouldn't want to have seen him brought in too quickly. Um, and you know, Fred McTominay, um, you, at the t- you could argue that none of them, either, both of them, didn't deserve to be dropped straight away anyway. <laughs> so, so I think it's the right decision to have him. Ba- yeah, based on the form that them guys had shown uh, pr- prior to the lockdown, they certainly deserved that. I think starting spot and fair play to Pogba as well. He he comes on and he really shows the difference that he brings to the rest of the team. He definitely changed. He changed the game. He changed the game a bit when uh, we were looking a bit yeah. stale. Um, but um, 
Yeah, I think it was the right decision. And he showed, I mean, he managed to play, what, 60, 65 minutes against yeah. Sheffield as well. So, so when he comes on, the, the way he, um, um, he he twisted up Eric Dyer was, yeah, I think only he, he him on the pitch could do that, his strength and his technique. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's something only uh, uh, only he does. I mean, uh, we've got skillful players, but the the person who's got the best kind of ball control and, and that kind of ability is, is, is definitely him. Um, so yeah, I, I can't imagine anyone else doing it. Maybe Martial might be able to do it. Um, but Pogba definitely he's the one who does it most often and uh, he used it to good effect I think he did it early in the season against yeah, Wolves as well certainly when he won a penalty and then missed it what, what did you think um, so this game but, was quite strange as in um, Sky Sports had a field day with their social posts because Roy Keane had a bit of a um, insane meltdown uh, yeah um, so yeah I mean lots of people picked up on the Keane stuff I didn't actually watch the halftime thing but um, I saw a few articles kind of saying this is why he's not um, employed in football anymore. Yes, um, and it kind of makes sense because you know, I mean, it was a bit over the top. Like, I mean, like we said, the guy should have saved it, but you know, first game back, you got to cut people some slack. His right? statement, his reaction, and was, uh, you know, it's now ten clean, ten clean sheets in three in thirteen. Sorry. His reaction was to to say that David de Gea was the most overrated goalkeeper of all time, not even in the last few seasons. Which I know, like. Um, for the, like for like good four or five years, he was easily the best keeper in the world. So I don't know where he's getting like, most overrated of all time. I think uh, Roy Keane's got got to um, that stage in his career where maybe um he knows that the more sensational kind of stuff he says uh, keeps him in the job. So maybe that works for him. <laughs> yeah, I guess it drum it drums up the views. It's good social media yeah, content. Yeah, exactly like. that. Um, but overall, um, a good result. Yeah, I thought Evers 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 post the next couple the next day was quite funny when he's he's turned up in a taxi and said. Uh, yeah, if, if if any if any United players need one, I've got. Oh, Everyone was fantastic. So I was watching the coverage after the game for a bit, um, just just reabsorbing the fact that the Premier League was back, Manchester United were back, and Ever kept uh, he, he kept purposely trying to get under his skin, and he made a couple comments like, "Oh, guys, if anybody needs a lift back to Manchester, I'll take you back. I'm more than happy." And he kept really trying to make that point that look, I'm Manchester United through and through. I don't care. Uh, I think he was trying to show Keane that, you know, as an ex-Man United legend, that there's some kind of, you know, some things you could probably keep to yourself rather than uh, increasing the, the pressure and the spotlight, and which I re- is what I really love. And I think everyone loves about Patrice Evra. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's for, it's for, I guess, yeah. So for every Rory Keane, you got, yeah, you got exactly. an Evra as well. Actually. And um, also overall, <laughs> one all result, I was a bit disappointed um, that we didn't come away with three points just because of the amount of pressure we had on them. But, I was also uh, pleasantly. I, I felt happy that no, we no longer had Mourinho as our manager because I kind of finally. Yeah, I mean the way the way the way they played it was kind of. Um, I mean, you probably you notice it more when you're against it rather than with it. But as soon as they got that lead, they just completely shut up shop and were like, "All right, that's it." I'm. I think um, <laughs> we're, we're not we're I not think, doing anything anymore. I think Kane was playing like hold, holding mid yep. for half most of the second half. I basically. think as Manchester United fans, um, we went from Louis van Gaal to Mourinho, so you know there wasn't we didn't get that stark contrast of exciting football. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, we kind of just thought this is what football. Yeah, is we now, were just like, oh, they, they didn't pass it backwards; they passed it sideways. This is improvement. Um, so, yeah. so that's probably why we didn't notice at first. But yeah, certainly, I'm I'm glad that we've got a uh, in a manager with Ole. I think um, he's playing a bit more exciting football. So, speaking of exciting football, a nice win. Yeah, I was going to say there's there's we start from yeah. the Sheffield game, I guess, isn't it? The, it a super win, three 0 to Sheffield um, uh, at at home, yeah. home in inverted commas. Uh, the, let's start with Old Trafford. Actually, it looked fantastic, didn't it, with all the banners and the colours and. Uh, 
Yeah, they, they, they did a nice job. Obviously, it's still not the same as um, actually having fans there. But, I mean, they, they did what they could. Um, I definitely prefer what they did to those stupid uh, screen things they had at some of the other other ground grounds showing like the fan zone or whatever. I think that's been scrapped quite quite quickly. So <laughs> I'm pleased about that. So we had a very good start um, to that first half against Sheffield. Let's, let, sorry, I must be specific. Yeah, I mean, even the first the, quarter the, before the water break. <laughs> the light the lineup was good. I was encouraged by the from the you know from the start. Um, obviously, Sheffield haven't had a great time since the restart, but they're still a good team. So to, it was a pretty attacking lineup, and that was nice to see. I mean, you got Bruno, Pogba, Greenwood, Martial, Rashford. That's pretty much as attacking as you can get at the moment for us. I was really glad glad, um, glad to see uh, Greenwood get his start. I think he deserved it. Yeah, he's he's earned it. I think um, even yeah before the, before the lockdown he was pushing. So um, so yeah, I mean I, I got no complaints with the starting lineup, and I thought Matic had a great game actually. Speaking of the midfield. yeah, he had a very good game. He's very composed in the middle and bringing the ball out. So the first goal. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the journalists I followed on Twitter, he um he said there's a rumor that he Martial gave uh, sorry Matic Matic gave the ball away, um in his under sevens game about thirty years ago, but no one uh, no one could confirm it, so. <laughs> <laughs> which which I think is about right because he just right. he just controlled the game. He just every time every time he got the ball, he just easily passed. What it do off you think and, of um so our no, first goal, the way uh, Rashford absolutely all one square smashes it into the near post. It reminded me of how he used to deal with open goals, right? It was uh, any time he was clean through and the keeper was nowhere to be seen, he just used to absolutely hoof it into the net. I start some speculation that um, that was actually a shot from Rushfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it was just a terrible shot, but yeah, as he was in my fantasy team, I'll take, I'll take the yeah, assist. No, it was, um, it was a really. Good... Yeah, it was good, and it's nice to see Martial in that position. That's what we want. So, so what? So one of the I think um, improvements that we've wanted to see from Martial and me and you we've discussed it before is that lack of you know clinical finishing, and he really showed in this game that he does have it because uh, he was very clinical, um, almost too clinical. If we talk about the Pogba insane dribble, but we'll speak about that shortly. But um, but yeah, he was very <laughs> clinical, as in his he was just first time shooting before the defender and goalkeeper even get a chance to react. Yeah, I mean, that, those are the situations where you don't want to mess about taking too many touches and whatnot. You just get out. Even if you need a touch, get out your feet and shoot. But he's just yeah, both both the first the first two goals were first time. Uh, yeah, I think that, that if he um, can continue that into the next season, that that will be the difference between a fifteen goal season and a twenty five goal season. Um, yeah, but so that's the thing is, can he do that on a yeah. regular basis? I don't know because um, he's shown he's shown glimpses before, like even the goal he scored against Chelsea the first day of the season. Yeah. That was inside the six-yard box. You know, if he if he gets in those positions, he will score goals. But um, but yeah, I don't know. We, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, you can't criticize him for no, yesterday. No. But um, it's just about making it more consistent. And then shortly after uh, we score that first goal, um, Martial goes through and he gives that little square pass to Rashford. Who I'm not too sure. Maybe he was too much into his stride for him to control it. Or, or it's just the right yeah, way. I think he just he just got he just got mixed up. And his feet got muddled, and he just missed it. It was just it was unfortunate. Um, let's we'll pretend let's pretend it hit the defender. I think it was a goal. <laughs> it should have been I, a goal. See, my 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 uh, FIFA playing instincts kicked in, and as soon as I saw Russia making that run, I knew there was only one place that ball could go, and that was to Russia <laughs> for for a tapping into the open goal. But yeah, um, we'll 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 give him a. The benefit of the doubt with that but then overall that first half yeah. uh or let, let's be up until that water break shall we say uh, united played some really good football they uh, really controlled the game um Pogba was yeah it seems to happen in the spurs game as well up until the drinks break they 
played better than I don't know when they have these breaks they seem to maybe take a little bit longer to get is going the, is the drinks that, break yeah. like almost a new kind of mini half time uh, it's a little chance for them to get together and restructure kind of, yeah. themselves and maybe the manager give a couple words if you can um so I don't mind it like yes yesterday it was roasting right so I mean you yeah. fair enough right but on some of the previous games it was like raining <laughs> and cold and it's like right, do you really need a drinks break now but um yeah i think it, you got to look after the players somehow i guess um yeah, so yeah i guess yeah the, the the uh hydration element of it all i guess it makes sense it's particularly with yesterday not entirely certain with the other days but i guess if it, if it means that they can uh, stay fit then do whatever it takes um something else i noticed during that game was uh sheffield kind of went back to uh one of the tactics that a lot of the teams used to deploy against us when we first had the hair and they were absolutely packing the hair as in about three four players with shoulders on him more or less from corners because uh, they were really trying to capitalize on the fact that he's uh, been a portrayed to have made a mistake the game before do you reckon uh, teams going forward might try and do that i was i was i actually thought we'd concede a goal this game just based on the fact that there, there'd been a lot of fuss the game before with the his performance so i was thinking i don't know maybe really um, won't he still be in the correct mind to, but to be fair i can't really say he was or he wasn't because he wasn't attested at all in this game yeah i can't really say i noticed that to be honest um maybe i wasn't paying enough attention but um I mean, they they had like I remember they had one chance or something after the drinks break, but <laughs> I can't really remember much else to be honest. Uh, I think yeah, they missed they missed uh, the spine of their team was different, right? They, they had no Henderson, they had no um, yeah. O'Connell, Egan was suspended, and they're having to put like uh, I was saying to you when when I saw Jajelka in the lineup. I mean, no disrespect to him, he's had a great career, but he's thirty seven now. And I didn't even know he was still. I thought he'd retired a long time ago. <laughs> and I've seen him, seen him in the starting lineup, and you start to think, okay, you know, when you got Martial, Greenwood, Rashford yeah. running at him, I was. I mean, it was just encouraging just from just just seeing his name I, on the I lineup. Think it, was, yeah, I, I think it benefited nice. as well because maybe if we had strikers like I don't know the more stationary type, uh, big type strikers like I don't know Igalo, for example, I think maybe I'd give Jagielka then a chance. But when you're going up against. Martial and Greenwood, <laughs> those, those young, two, fast, yeah. pacey players going up against someone who's towards the end of their career. Yeah, it's all, I'm always going to be in favour of the uh, younger, faster, uh, maybe sharper players. Um, so Martial goes on to score yeah. a hat-trick in this game and it's Manchester United's first um, Premier League hat-trick since Robin Van Persie versus Villa to clinch a title, which is a bloody very long time ago. Um, yeah, it's a long time ago. Um, I also don't think it matters as much as people are making out to be. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a long time, but you know, it doesn't. It's not. I don't think it would have made that much difference to to many games. I'm not, um, I think some. So a part of me thinks it is because if a player hasn't scored a hat trick in that long, it signifies a. Oh, sorry, in the Premier League, hasn't scored a, a hat trick in that long, it signifies we just don't have that kind of you know that strike off because something that was frustrating me all this time. I'm not too sure exactly how many he scored, but I think Aguero scored a bunch of hat tricks yeah. since then. They scored yeah, eleven, yeah. I think, in that time. Which is crazy. But but I'd use a t- two examples I'd give, I guess. Um so Ibrahimovic, he scored twenty eight goals that year. I don't really care that he didn't score a hat trick. I mean he's got he got one in the Europa League. It, it didn't really bother me that he that he didn't score a hat trick. Lukaku, he got twenty seven in his season. Um again. I mean I wasn't really that bothered that it, that he it kind of reminds me of I don't know if you do you remember that year Berbatov came joint yeah. top scorer? He used to, he'd score like, he literally, he's, I think in one game against Blackburn, he scored five <laughs> goals. And then he wouldn't go, he wouldn't score again for the next yeah, five, six yeah. games. 
I'd much rather he scored one in each of those <laughs> rather, than, rather than them all in one go. Um, so yeah, I think the hat-tricks, they tend to be more of an individual thing because I, I can't remember too many games where there's been a hat-trick and it's been in like a a close game, for example. Uh, yeah. You know, when you think about, when you think back about, like, you know, Van Persie's was a 3-0, Martial yesterday was a 3-0. It, it's more like icing on the cake rather than, um, you know, game So, so Martial's, um, but, his third goal it was a very nice finish. He's just waited for... Um, yeah, it was a really nice move as very well. Very nice yeah. move. Um, the way he just dinked it over the keeper, um, uh, Simon Moore, who, bless him, I, I, I said to you, I think he's got the worst job in the world. He, Hard, the worst job, yeah, just playing two games a season yeah, against United. Here you go, yeah, you go Simon. <laughs> get a goal, you know, you'll play against United and then you'll, pro- you'll probably get cup games as well. But yeah, just when you've got a goalkeeper like Dean Henderson in head of you, you've just got no chance of getting into the first team anyway. So uh, Wan-Bissaka as well, he got an assist, which is good. We want to see more of that. We want to see uh, him uh, getting that final ball in a bit more. Yeah, I mean, I used to see him get quite a few assists at Palace. Um, I think it, the thing he's been hamstrung by as well is our strikers not playing like yeah. like strikers. You know what I mean? Like, um, if Martial played like that more often, Juan Basaka would just by virtue probably have more assists because he'd, he'd be in the right positions. I mean, he can go down the wing and cross it all day long, but if there's no one, if there's no one in the box to, <laughs> to put it away, you know, he can't just magic things out of nowhere. So, um, moving forward it looks it looks but, promising if, if we can continue up our performances like over the, the uh, more so the Sheffield game but also the Tottenham game because we didn't necessarily play bad um, if we can continue that then I'm, I'm very uh, optimistic about the games ahead so um, yeah I mean we've got the two arguably the two hardest games out of the way right yeah um, we don't have to we don't have to play Wolves again God. which is nice That's weird. We, we weren't sure about it last week but I've checked other <laughs> <laughs> We might end up facing them in that round robin Europa League, but in terms of um, Premier League, we don't have to play them. Our toughest game remaining is probably um, Leicester, which I think, if I'm right, is our final game. Yeah, I think it's the last game, and it's away. Uh, but again, you know, the away thing is not that big of a deal and anymore. That could be a think. crucial game because we're six um, points behind them right now. Um, you never yeah. know. But by that point, we could. I'd, I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to think if we, if we're within a couple of points, I think we'd do yeah, the job. I'd imagine. Um, I mean, they've been disappointing since the turn of the yeah, year, right? For sure. I, so Vardy can't Vardy stop scoring, etc. I'd imagine we'd be at um, least three points behind them at that point. At that point, so that could be a very crucial game. Um, yeah, I mean, so if you look at our upcoming fixtures, it's Norwich next, Brighton, Bournemouth, Villa, Southampton, Palace, West Ham. I mean, I've, I'm honestly expecting now. I'm, now with all, everyone back fit, I'm expecting to win yeah, all no, of No, there's games. no reason why we shouldn't. There isn't. Um, a, there's not a team there that I think uh, player for player can, should should match us. Uh, I'd be disappointed if we yeah, lost. Yeah, I mean, like uh, Brighton have played. They played well against Arsenal, but you know it's, it's Arsenal, right? Um, and then, and then you know we struggled away from home there, but they they went over their fans to keep them going. Bournemouth have been appalling recently, and especially since the restart. Um, which that reminds me, I, I just got to mention it. I think it's you know I uh, I got I don't really like to praise Liverpool, but whoever they're at Liverpool is responsible for getting 20 million for Solanke and what is it 15, 16 million for Jordan Ipe <laughs> they've they, they got they got to get credit a pay raise. yeah to get 36 million joint out of those that pairing the fair enough I don't know how they how they made that deal uh, but there must have been I mean Solan- Solanke's record right his entire career record he's a striker remember his nine goals in 93 games seven of those were in Holland when he was playing on loan there so his record in English football 
is one goal. Uh, sorry, two goals in about 60 appearances. That's, that's incredible. In- incredible. Not, not for the reason. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that's one goal he scored for Liverpool in 27 games and one goal he scored for Bournemouth in 39 games. He didn't score for Chelsea. He only played once for Chelsea. So we'll, we'll let him off for that Wasn't one. there some very early um, comparisons between him and, was it Marcus Rashford when he came through on the scene? So he, so this is the crazy thing, right? So you think the way they talk about him, uh, a bit, uh, most people don't know, he's older than Rashford. How much older is he? Yeah. Well, it's okay. like a month, yeah. but he's still older than him. <laughs> right? Like the way they talk about, well, especially when he was at Liverpool, they talked about this young guy coming through. Um, you'd expect him to be younger than Rashford, but he's older than Rashford and he's only scored two two goals in England. So That's incredible. Yeah, it shows it shows the difference. You know, it's, it's frightening to think if he's worth 20 million or whatever, how much is Rashford worth? I'd hate to think. One, two, one, two billion? <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> like, moving forward, um, we've got um, but, yeah. Norwich on the weekend in the FA Cup. So, just for context, this season we've beat Norwich twice, 4-0 home, 3-1 away. Uh, the last round that Norwich played within the Cup, they beat Spurs on pins. It was the game where Eric, Pens, D- yeah. Eric Dyer went rogue. Um, and climbed into the stadium. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised the FA haven't haven't sorted that out yet, right? They, he's been charged, but they haven't yeah. banned him or anything. And it's been, I think, they've had like, they've had like four and a half months after, to to figure after, something after out. After the lockdown, they just thought, yeah, everything else just doesn't count anymore. Um, yeah, maybe they were hoping that the season would just be finished, and then they wouldn't have yeah, to deal with somebody it. Somebody <laughs> doesn't want to do any more admin but, work. Uh, yeah. You gotta wonder why he was allowed to play against yeah. us, but yeah, never, um, never the interesting mind. thing about the FA Cup this year is um, probably the first time in, from from my memory that, for example, if Arsenal beat Sheffield, so the remaining teams are Arsenal, Sheffield, City, Newcastle, Chelsea, Leicester, United, Norwich. Yeah, if Arsenal beat Sheffield, and it is a big if in current climate because you know Arsenal are having a great return back to football. But let's assume Arsenal beat. Sheffield. What was it? Two two games, two games, no wins, no draws. Two defeats. I think that's pretty. That's pretty good for us. <laughs> so, uh, so Arsenal. Yeah, if they beat Sheffield, and uh, we obviously would assume City beat Newcastle, Chelsea beat Leicester. I guess you could go either way. That's that's the first time in a long time that those all four teams, and obviously I'm assuming United win. That all four teams will be top six Premier League teams, um, which which makes it interesting. Well, Arsenal won't be right. <laughs> in, in my mind, so that Arsenal are uh, Arsenal aren't even a top top half top half. Uh, they, they currently top half team 11, I think they're eleventh. Yeah. Oh, the tenth. Sorry, sorry, they're tenth. Uh, the tenth on goal. tenth because I think their game kicked off twelve minutes ago as we're recording, so they get before. Oh, it's kicked point. off already. Oh, that's that's why. That's what, yeah. <laughs> so they snuck so, into the top ten. So they haven't. They haven't. Yeah. They snuck. They snuck in. Apparently, they just had a goal disallowed. Um, so that you know they're they're starting to get a bit better. But, um, but yeah, but it'll be, it'll be an interesting yeah. game. I know what you mean, though. Yeah, there's usually in recent years. I mean, what the last final was? What City Watford. Um, there's tended to be a better team yeah. than a rubbish team. Even like when we want, say rubbish, that's a bit harsh, but there's a lesser, a, a team, lesser yeah. team, sorry. Like when, when we won it, it was United Palace. Um, I think, yeah, City have had a, a couple. I mean, there's one, we're going to obviously beat them. The, the, well. the last, but, like I'd say, like top two teams final was probably the one we lost to Chelsea when Hazard scored that pin. Um, but that's from recent. Oh yeah, uh, Mourinho's one. Yeah, memory, that's the, that, that's that was the... fairly recent. I guess Con- Conte's when Conte was. Yeah, in but yeah, I'm expecting us to win that game. Um, probably the only thing I'd mention is I'm assuming Tim Crew will be in net for Norwich, and I know he is apparently the, the yeah the king penalties. of saving penalties, <laughs> um, because he stands about 
two yards off his line. Uh, but um, yeah, so hopefully it doesn't go to penalties. Um, and then I think we, we should be we should be quite happily through into the next round. So following that, we're playing Brighton in the league. Um, Brighton currently 15th place. They're coming off a little uh, a decent run. Well, decent run. They beat, they beat Arsenal. Uh, Mope has been portrayed to be kind of uh, the reincarnation of Diego Costa. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw that. I, I don't really think he did anything too I, bad. I think it happens um, week in, week out. Um, it, the, the striker has yeah. to put a challenge on the goalkeeper. Did he, did he need to go into it for it? Maybe not. But but there's a lot worse things that could happen on the pitch, game. right? Yeah. yeah, I think exactly. he's got a fair reason to, to challenge. You, you've got to let the keeper know you're there to try and put him off in the future from, from coming out and give yourself a chance. Um, and also his his post-match uh, little kind of uh, interview was quite quite funny. He, he said, um, I, I read an article, I'm not too sure how true it was, that apparently during the game, um, Gwindesi made some comments about his salary compared to Mopé's salary. Yeah, that's what I heard. I mean, he he. The funny thing was, Morpe Morpe's interview at the end. He said he's not going to name the player because he's French as well, which kind of <laughs> basically narrowed it down to Gendouzi. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I think I think he's the only French player in in the Arsenal squad. I'm not going to name so. the player. His name begins with G, and he's got a lot of here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to name him, but yeah. he needs a haircut. <laughs> something, something like so that. Then, um, uh, but obviously, Arsenal fans uh, with the last laugh because Morpe missed a penalty against Leicester. Uh, season highlight for Arsenal. Yeah, so I saw a tweet which kind of read, uh, so United have that, that night in uh, Barca, uh, Liverpool that night in Istanbul, Chelsea that night in Munich, I think yep, is where they was. won it. Um, and then Arsenal, Arsenal's is uh, that time more <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the That's the high, yeah, it's up there with the, so I think that and the Roy Keane rant, that's the two highlights of their season, basically. So. And um so there, so what are you expecting from that game? I'm I'm expecting a win. I know Brighton have given us a bit of trouble in the last few games. I think we've won two in the last four against them. Um, but but I think that, yeah, we struggled away yeah, against them. But I think without yeah, without the fans, the fans I'm not expecting. I too agree. Much trouble. Yeah, I think without the fans, um, we should have this one in the bag. Um, I, I, they've they've had a good season, but I think when it comes from a player to player basis, how, which is the way I'm viewing games now post lockdown, we should win this game. Um, I, yeah. I would be comfortable. I'd say something like maybe a two two or three nil win. Yeah, I think I'm predicting. So we've got two games before our next podcast, right? So I'm expecting wins from both Norwich and uh, and Brighton. Um, I think it'd be nice to see Agarlo start in the cup, maybe. Um, just give some of the guys a rest. Because um, Norwich have got other priorities as well, so I don't know if they're even going to go all out for the cup. Although they do look like they're kind of yeah. So already. I think so maybe maybe they'll want to go I, out with a bang. I think the cup, they're but. six points from safety, and that part of the table is very um, volatile, up and down. Teams winning, losing, left, right, centre. So maybe they will focus on the league yeah. and, and give. I say give us a chance, like we need it. I sound very cocky. I'm hoping we win this. We'll probably go out and lose two 0 now. Um, but yeah, I'm confident we should win this. So so next time uh, that you hear from me and MT, we'll hopefully be um, gloating with the three points and a, and a win. Yeah, and if, if and if, if we. If you don't, if you if you don't hear from us again, that means we lost both games and we can't can't bear to, uh, <laughs> to face can't bear to show our faces yeah. again. Um, but yeah, uh, I think we've covered pretty much everything we want to show sure. free. Um, I think there was one there was one other thing, wasn't it? I can't remember now. Um, is it Bruno Fernandez is the best player in the world? <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, Stephen Island. Yeah, I know you, you wanted so, to say something about so- him. Man, Man I saw something legend. very interesting, and it was from yeah. the Athletic, which trusted source, friends, friends of the podcast. In a, that friendship is a one-way friendship <laughs> between our podcast and this. Um, 
Yeah, we 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 we, we subscribe yeah. to them. That's uh, but, but we take <laughs> so, what they say as quite gold standard in terms of credibility. So, because um, if they hadn't, to be honest, I would have assumed that this was just somebody trolling on Twitter. Um, so apparently, yeah. Bruno Fernandez had posters of uh, Manchester City and Stoke City legend Stephen Ireland. Um, who once infamously, I think he got himself out of training or game by pretending his grandma had died. Twice. Twice. Okay, twice. He, he tr- twice. So I think that's when they caught him <laughs> was the second time when they figured out. He was running out um, of grandma's to keep. Um, um, <laughs> so apparently Bruno Fernandes has um, po- had posters of him at Manchester City on, in his bedroom and, and he really idolises him and he lives a couple of doors away from him in Manchester and has already offered I mean, to uh, have a kickabout with his, with his kids. Yeah. <laughs> To, he was he was a good player to be fair. I mean, he clearly hated football, but he was a good player. Um, and I can kind of see some similarities in how Bruno plays in that sort of number ten role. Um, and you know, he he certainly had some Manchester derbies where he, he did it he did a good job against United. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the quote now, and I know I see that tag that says the Athletic, but it still just seems like nonsense. To me. How about- <laughs> It just seems like maybe Bruno's just such a nice guy. He was like, "All oh, right, this guy's a footballer, so I'm just." He probably tell just him. wants to be a nice neighbor. Yeah. Like, oh, he lives a couple of doors down from me. Oh, yeah. I'll be nice to him. He's and then he's just taking it a little bit to the extreme. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I had posters of you when I was. <laughs> when, the first thing that comes to mind child. when I think, uh, if I think who, who? No, I'd be surprised if they actually even made Stephen Island posters. Maybe, maybe he had to yeah. make it himself. But... It Google, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Super. Um. But yeah, so um, so yeah, so I guess yeah, if you if you enjoyed the podcast, let us know. Uh, find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're at Never Ignored or Never Ignored Pod. Um, and yeah, leave us a review on iTunes or something. And uh, I guess yeah, we'll see everyone next week. Bye.